looking here in uh, Ephesians 5, uh, past couple weeks of uh, what we've covered uh, so far about being an imitator of God as beloved children, walking in love as Christ uh, loved us and gave himself up for us. And then last week we covered about this uh, thing about sexual immorality, impurity, and covetousness, how it's not supposed to be named among the saints, how we are supposed to live lives of, of distinction supposed to be different, we're supposed to be set apart, we're supposed to be uh, not uh, being part, uh, named, uh, having those types of sins even named among us. And uh, today we're going to start here in uh, verse number uh, 7 on down through verse number 14. And Paul's going to kind of give us some, some understanding how to deal with people who are uh, particularly sexually immoral, people that uh, live lives of immorality, people that talk about immorality, and you as a believer, you as a Christian, how to handle uh, that type of, of behavior when you're surrounded by it. Um, in between my time as a, as a student at Bible college, I, I worked several different types of jobs from I worked at a, uh, a deli, uh, uh, slicing meat and cheese. I worked at uh, Sears Hardware. Uh, in between times of uh, uh, the summertime, I worked as an auto detailer for a car dealership. I worked construction. Uh, I did all kinds of sorts of different types of jobs. And, you know, it was during those types of uh, times when I was working those jobs as a Christ follower um, I encountered people, met people, worked with people who were not believers and people who uh, were uh, their talk, their behavior, what they, what they wanted to talk about, things that they laughed at, things that they brought up were, were things that were, were sexually immoral, things that were uh, full of immorality. And them knowing that uh, I was a Christian, knowing that I was uh, attending Bible college, sometimes they would ask me some very strange questions. Um, I was working at a, a deli in uh, Albuquerque, and at that particular deli, I, I worked with uh, two uh, people that were practicing homosexuals, and uh, one of them asked me, they said, do you think God made gay people, and uh, just all kinds of stuff like that. And uh, sometimes the, the type of things that they wanted to talk about was just very ungodly, uh, things that, that you wouldn't want to talk about, uh, but they, uh, they wanted to talk about those things. And so one of those uh, times that I would face, you know, working at an auto detailer or working in the deli or working in construction, uh, you would have people that wanted to talk about uh, these types of immoral types of things. And so as a believer, what are you supposed to do? How are you supposed to handle those types of situations when, when people want to talk about the, the latest dirty joke or, uh, you know, you can put whatever you want to in there. How does a believer handle that? I, I see we got some uh, young people here. Maybe you attend a, a public school or maybe even attend a Christian school. And, and there are people who have friends, you, you know people who, who want to talk about immoral things. How do you deal with that? How do you handle that as a believer in Christ? Um, how do you respond to such situations? I mean, should you, should you laugh? Should you rebuke them? Should you um, just say nothing? Just walk away? Keep your head down? Uh, many of you work in, our, in the uh, factories around here, and, and you know the types of, of talk that goes around. 
Um, so how do you handle that as a believer? And that's what Paul is going to really talk about here in uh, verses 7 uh, through 14. And Paul's going to address that here in our text. And he's answering this question. How do you, as children of light, expose the darkness? Um, he, he really doesn't give us the exact steps of how to do that, how to live it out. But he gives us principles, things that we can apply to our lives to show how we can live as children of light, exposing darkness. Um, I believe there are two extremes that sometimes arise from this. Um, on one extreme, you have people that, that say, well, you know, Paul said I should be all things to all men. And so, therefore, people try to uh, welcome the immorality or welcome the stuff and say, well, you know what, I'm going to act like it's not that big of a deal and just to so, just show them that, you know, I'm on their side and I'm trying to help them. Uh, and I think you can do great harm in that because you're supposed to be a child of light. Um, Sometimes uh, people that try to do that, you err in downplaying biblical teachings, biblical doctrine, and not maintaining a life of righteousness. And when you do that, I believe you compromise the gospel because you're watering it down to make it feel comfortable for people who do not know Christ. The gospel should make unbelievers feel uncomfortable because we're exposing sin. We're talking about their need for Christ. Um, the, uh, the other extreme to that would, would be um, separating yourself so much that you, you, you become distant, out, out of touch of reality. Um, all of you know that, especially in this area that we live around, uh, there's groups of people that, who have separated themselves so much that everything is worldly. And so they've, they've, they've completely separated themselves. Uh, my wife and I, a church that we attended before we came here, uh, they've, they've separated themselves from other Christians, other believers, and almost, it's almost kind of odd and strange. So how do we, how do we handle the, the worldliness that's around us? How do we expose it uh, and yet remain a child of light. Where do we find the biblical balance for, for living in the world? Well, Jesus prayed this in John 17, verses 15 through 18. I do not ask you to take them out of the world, but to keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth as you sent me into the world. I also have sent them into the world. So we're, we are to be in the world as Jesus was in the world, but we're not to be part of the world. We're in the world, but we're not part of the world. And so there's this balance, there's this fine balance as to be sanctified, to be set apart uh, by God's word. It's the word of truth. Now, remember where this church was in Ephesus. It was a very pagan environment. And Paul is trying to teach them and show them how to live in this pagan world, this pagan environment, 
and remain truthful to the gospel, not compromising our, our stand on biblical standards, not compromising the gospel, remain truthful and expose the darkness in which uh, we live. And so here's the principle that Paul gives us. Walk as a child of light while exposing the works of darkness. Walk as a child of light while exposing the works of darkness. That's what we have to do. So let's look in detail here at these verses in Ephesians 5 verses 7 through 14. First of all, number one, walk as children of light. Ephesians 5, 8 through 10. For at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. And try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. This theme of light and darkness runs all throughout scripture. Um, Darkness symbolizes Satan's evil domain and the sinful deeds of those who do not obey God. And it also represents the spiritual ignorance of those whose sin has blinded their eyes from the light of God's truth. Uh, We looked at Ephesians 4.18. They are darkened in their understanding, being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardness of their hearts. In 2 Corinthians 4.4, Paul says, among whom the God of this age has blinded the minds of those who do not believe so they would not see the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God. And so if you, if you are outside the realm of Christ's family, in other words, you don't know Christ, Christ does not dwell in your heart, um, you are blinded by the God of this world. You can't see. You say, well, I can see physically. You're spiritually blinded. Your eyes have been, have been shrouded. You can't see. And so light needs to become into a person's life to show them their need of Christ. Uh, Light pictures the knowledge of the truth that comes when God shines into our lives. Paul continues writing in 2 Corinthians 4, 6. He says, for God who said light shall shine out of darkness is the one who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. And light also pictures the holiness of God, 1 John 1, 5. Now this is the gospel message we have heard from him and announced to you. God is light, and in him there is no darkness at all. We find in 1 Timothy 6, 16 that God dwells in unapproachable light. He is so holy that you cannot approach him because of your sinfulness. He says he alone possesses immortality and lives in an approachable light whom no human has ever seen or is able to see. To him be honor and eternal power, amen. Uh, Here in Ephesians 5, we are called to walk as children of light. What exactly does that mean? To walk as a child of light. Does that mean you uh, smile all the time while singing Christian songs? Does that mean you carry your Bible with you wherever you go? 
Does that mean that you uh, wear shirts that says, I'm a follower of Jesus? What does it mean to walk as a child of light? If God is light, we are called to walk as children of light. And as we walk in the light that God dwells in, it exposes every area of our life. That's why it's so important to have fellowship with God and with God's people. Because when you have fellowship with God, God is exposing the darkness that is in your heart. And as you draw closer to God, his light exposes your dark, sinful deeds of your heart. And as 1 John 1, 7 says, but if we walk in the light as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Paul commands us to walk as children of light. So here's a couple things of walking in light. Number one, if we are to walk as children of light, we must be a child of light. We read earlier in Ephesians, for at one time you were darkness. For at one time you were darkness. But now you are light in the world, in the Lord. Paul doesn't say you used to be in darkness, but he says you were darkness. Those that are without Christ, they are in darkness. Darkness and they are darkness. We were spiritually blind. We, not only did we not see God's glory and truth, we didn't have the ability or even the desire to see such things. We didn't even sense the need of a savior. Uh, Paul says in Ephesians uh, uh, earlier, Ephesians 3 says that you were dead. In trespasses and sins. What does a dead man need? Life. You are dead. And so those that are without Christ, they are in darkness. They are separated from God. They're under God's wrath. And we, the people need light. And he says, you at one time were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord." So our lives were completely different before we used to know Christ. And when you came to know Christ, when I came to know Christ, our lives changed. Our lives should have changed from darkness to light. When God saved us, he opened the eyes of our understanding. We saw our true condition as guilty sinners before God. But we also saw Jesus as the only sacrifice for our sins. And we were changed. Our desires changed to know God and his truth more and more. We now walk in that light rather than in darkness because God has made us light in the Lord. So to walk as children of light, we must be a child of light by God's changing power. Secondly, so not only are we to be a child of light, but we are to walk as a child of light. Now, what does that mean? To walk as a child of light. Just because we are children of light does not guarantee that we will live that way. 
So that's why Paul here says, in effect, be what you are. If God has saved you, God has changed you, and you are a child of light, be what you are. Now walk as a child of light. Be what you are. You are light now. Walk that way. He describes it in four ways. And you see, see how he puts those parentheses there? Walk as children of light. This is what it means now. He's going to give you an example. What does a child of light walk like? For the fruit of the light is found in all that is good and right and true. So if we're going to walk as a child of light, we will be good. Verse number nine, goodness is one of God's attributes. So to be good is to be like God. This behavior is concerned for the well-being of others, both spiritually and in every other way. He walks in daily dependence by the Holy Spirit. Since goodness is a fruit of the Spirit, Galatians 5.22, and since it is a fruit of the Spirit, it takes time to develop. But over the years, children of light should be growing in all goodness. Uh, Evelyn likes to sing this song. It's called The Fruit of the Spirit. And one of the verses goes, the fruit of the Spirit is not a banana. It's not a coconut. It's not a watermelon. And it goes on and on. Then it goes, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, goodness, you know. Um, but if we're going to be walking in light, goodness should be developing in your life. That's how you know that you're walking in light. Secondly, we will be right or righteous. So the fruit of the light is found in all that is good and right, righteous. This refers to conformity to God's righteous standards, as set forth in his word. A righteous person is upright before God and before others, and he is just or fair in how he treats others. What is your standard for living? If your standard for living is what others say, what culture says, what you think just feels good, then you're not living a really righteous life because the only standard of which a Christian is to live their life is by the word of God. And it's when we deviate from that that we are not walking in light as he is in the light. Thirdly, he says this, that we will be truthful. So for the, light of, for the fruit of the light is found in all that is good and right and true or truthful. In the context here, Paul shows us how the truth stands in contrast to the life of unbelievers who are deceived. Remember those uh, previous verses? Uh, verse six, let no one deceive you with empty words for because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. So God says, if you're gonna be walking in light, if you're gonna be a child of light, you will be truthful. We have been created in righteousness and holiness of the truth is what Paul said in verse uh, uh, Ephesians 4, 24. And so we are supposed to be speaking the truth in love in Ephesians 4, uh, 15. And we are to be people of our word, maintaining integrity in all things. We shouldn't have anything to hide because we walk in the light. We are people of all truth. Then he says this fourth thing, and try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. 
So if we're going to walk as children of light, we are going to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. That word discern means to prove, to prove what is pleasing to God. How do we prove what is pleasing to the Lord? How does that happen? How do we prove that? Do we Google it? What is pleasing to the Lord? Do we ask our friends, what is pleasing to the Lord? The only way we find what is pleasing to the Lord is through the word of God. That's it. Uh, Paul said in Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, he tells us that we are supposed to be conformed to the image of Christ. We're supposed to be uh, pressed into this mold, not to be conformed to the world standard, discerning, finding out what is pleasing to the Lord, what is appropriate. And so we must find out what is discerning. We must prove, we must prove what is pleasing to the Lord. So here's what's going on. You're working at a factory. And there's immorality going on. There's all this kind of perverseness going on. And God commands you, God commands me, God commands the church to walk as children of light. That means we're following God. We're proving what is, what is good. We're doing righteous things. We're living a good life. We're, we're being truthful in all things. And it's that light that we're walking in that will expose the darkness in which we live. So walk as children of light. Here's the second thing. Expose darkness. Look at verse 7 and then verses 11 through 14. Paul says, therefore do not become partners with them. Who is them? The word therefore shows us who was Paul was talking about. It was those people in the previous verses who were living in sexual immorality, that were living with covetousness, that were living in all kinds of impurity, people that were using coarse jesting and, and uh, those types of, of behaviors and their talk, their foolish talk. He says, do not become partners with them. So if we're not to be partakers or partners with them, that means we must be separate from them. Now, Paul gives us some similar words in 2 Corinthians 6, 14 through 18. He says, do not be bound together with unbelievers. For what partnership have righteousness and lawlessness? Or what fellowship has light with darkness? Or what harmony has Christ with Belial? Or what has a believer in common with an unbeliever? Or what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For we are the temple of the living God, just as God said, I will dwell in them and walk among them and I will be their God and they shall be my people. Therefore, come out from their midst and be separate, says the Lord. And do not touch what is unclean and I will welcome you and you shall be sons and daughters to me, says the Lord Almighty. So when we see that we are to be separate, these next verses here in verses 11 and 12 really make sense. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them, for it is shameful even to speak of the things that they do in secret. 
So the, these sins that people are caught up in, namely uh, sexual immorality, impurity, covetousness, we are not to become partakers partnering with them. We're not supposed to take part in their unfruitful works of darkness, but Paul says we should expose such sins. What does he mean by that, to expose them? Does that mean we get signs and banners and megaphones? Is that what he means by exposing them? We're working at a factory. We're working a job at a construction site somewhere. We're in an office. We're in the, in the, uh, uh, the break room. We're at school. And all of this kind of immorality is going on. We're supposed to be walking as children of light. But Paul says, expose the darkness. Primarily, we expose these sins by our lives as we walk in the light. There will be no question whatsoever if you are a believer in Christ and you are walking in light, you are living your life according to the word of God, that when you are in a dark place, you will stand out like a sore thumb. No doubt about it. When I was working at the uh, deli there in Albuquerque, I didn't go about touting, you know, saying, oh, hey, yeah, I go to Bible college, or hey, I do this, or hey, I do that. I did my work. I did what I was supposed to do. But they knew that something was different. How did they know? Because there was light there. And you as a believer, where you walk, if you are walking with the Lord, wherever God plants you, wherever God places you, if you are walking in light, the darkness will be exposed. So Paul says that we are supposed to be an imitator of God. We're walking in this love, but we will expose these sins not only with our life, but I believe we will also expose these sins with our lips. You see, we expose the unfruitful deeds of darkness for what they are, disgraceful sin in God's holy presence. Listen to what Jesus said in John chapter 3, verses 20 through 21. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his works should be exposed. But he who practices the truth comes to the light so that his deeds may be manifested as having been wrought in God. In other words, when we live lives of walking with Christ, having fellowship with Christ, our lives naturally will expose the unfruitful deeds of darkness. That's why I think it is so dangerous for churches to water down the gospel by making sinners feel comfortable by bringing God down to our level so we might approach God in a more understandable way. Look at verse number 13 is what he says here. But when anything is exposed, is that word exposed, by the light, it becomes visible. This is what is so amazing about the light that exposes the darkness. Because look at that last phrase in verse 13. It becomes visible. 
When our lives and our words expose the darkness, it makes those sins visible. So you're in an office setting, you're in a factory, you're, you're doing something and there's all this immorality going on around you. Maybe some guy brings a, brings a dirty magazine to uh, the construction site and he's, he's showing off pictures to everybody and he shows it to you and says, hey, what do you think about this? He knows you're a Christian. What are you supposed to do? Do you say, get that filth and that garbage out of, out of here, you dirty, rotten sinner? What do you do? How do you handle it? You're walking in light. You're exposing darkness. And as you do that, it makes those sins visible. There is a transforming power with light. And what should the light be doing? It's to manifest the sins in the sinner's conscience. So they know you're a Christian. They know that you're a believer. You're walking in light. It is condemning their sinful acts, what they talk about, what they do, their behavior. And when somebody says something to you that is immoral, that is improper, by you saying things, please don't say that around me. I'm a follower of Jesus. Or you say, please don't show me that. I'm a follower of Christ. Your actions, your words, they expose their sinfulness. And what is the purpose of all that? It's to manifest the sins in the sinner's conscience, to make him aware of his sinfulness by being exposed by light, by truth. Now these sins, Paul says here in verse number 12, for it is shameful for even to speak of the things that they do in secret. It is the truth of God's word coupled with how you are walking with Christ imitating God that the light exposes their sinfulness. And it is that light, that truth of the gospel, if they heed its message and they repent, that will lead a sinner from darkness to light. It makes it visible. Their sinfulness becomes visible to them. How did you come to know Christ as your Savior? The light, the truth of God's word was manifested. Your sinfulness became visible. I'm in big trouble here. I'm lost without God. I'm lost without hope. I'm lost without Christ. God's righteousness was revealed. And you stood condemned in your sin. And it was that truth, that light, that drew you to Christ. And so Paul says here, look at verse number 14. It's this message, this light, this exposing of the darkness. He says, for anything that becomes visible is light. 
Therefore, it says, awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Paul here is quoting from Isaiah 60, verse number one, which says, arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. And so Paul is using this text from Scripture to show us that when an unbeliever comes in contact with those who are walking as children of light and are exposing the darkness, he is exposed for his sinfulness and the need for salvation. He is asleep. He's dead. And you're calling. The light is calling to him. Awake. Awake. Arise from the dead. And when that, belief, when that unbeliever responds to the message of Christ, he responds to the message of salvation, he repents from their sin, and they turn to Christ, that light becomes visible. That light draws them to Christ. So where is the balance in all of this for the believer in Christ? How do we walk as children of light and expose the darkness? Let me give you three things that I think could be very helpful on the job site, where you are, when you're encountering all kinds of, of immorality. Walking as a child of light, exposing the darkness, number one, maintain separation from the world. Be in the world, but not of it, Jesus said. So if we're no different in our thinking, in our attitudes, our words, and behavior than those that do not know Christ, we have no message then to give them. Be separate from the world. If you are not walking in the light, conforming your life to his word, then your life is not serving as a good witness to the life-transforming power of Jesus. If you're comfortable with your sinful lifestyle, then you might not be a Christian. 1 Peter 4, 3 through 5 says this, for the time already past is sufficient for you to have carried out the desire of the Gentiles, having pursued a course of sensuality, lust, drunkenness, carousing, drinking parties, and abominable idolatries. In all this, they are surprised that you do not run with them into the same excess of dispensation. But they malign you, but they will give an account to him who is already to judge the living and the dead. So as you separate yourself from the kind of sinful lifestyle and life that, 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 that you used to live, okay, and you please the Lord with all goodness and righteousness and truth, your godly life exposes the dirty lives of those around you. So be separate from the world. Secondly, don't neglect the people God brings into your sphere of influence. If God has placed you in an ungodly place with ungodly people and, and immorality running rampant, you don't say, boy, I just wish I could work somewhere where everybody was a Christian. God has placed you there to be light. And so don't neglect the people God brings into your sphere of influence. Be in the world, but not of it. You see, sometimes I believe our priorities get clouded. And we, we think that we should completely push out those who are in the world. 
We try to live in a bubble. Remember the, remember the movie, The Boy in the Plastic Bubble? I think it was with John Travolta. Yeah, really weird. <laughs> but we try to live our life as if it were in a bubble. We should not totally lose contact with those who God brings into our lives to reach them with Christ. So here's some principles to follow. Be in the world, but not of it. Pray for them. Care about them. Show concern for them. Thirdly, don't be unequally yoked with unbelievers. Your best friends should not be the unbelievers, but those who know Christ. 1 Corinthians 15, do not be deceived. Bad company ruins good morals. Show concern and compassion for the lost. Pray for them. Show them kindness. Jesus said in Matthew 5, 16, let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. You see, often, of course, we must tell people the message of the gospel, but that message must be backed up with genuine concern for the whole person. So show them care and concern. Pray for them. If they come to you and say, man, something's going on in my home, don't be like, well, don't talk to me because all you talk about is sexual immorality. Show care and concern for them. Pray for them. Love on them. Verbally identify with Jesus Christ when you feel pressure to compromise. Uh, we read over there in the book of Daniel, it says that when Daniel was taken into captivity as a young, uh, young teenage man, when he was about 17, he was taken into captivity in a foreign world where he did not know, people he did not know, language he did not know, culture he did not know, and he wants to live for God. The Bible tells us that Daniel purposed in his heart to not be defiled with the king's meat. And so Daniel already purposed in his heart saying, you know what, I'm gonna take a stand for God when I'm gonna feel the pressure to be compromised. So you too should purpose in your life, purpose in your heart to take a stand for Christ, identify with Jesus when you feel pressure to be, to have comp to be compromised. You see, God desires to do a work through his church and he desires to use you and you, and you, and you. Um, can you do me a favor? Turn to your neighbor sitting next to you. Look at them. And this is what I want you to say to them. Say, walk in light and expose the darkness. That's what we have to do as believers. Walk in light and expose the darkness. Let's pray together.